MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We are one week away from Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. And we've been talking about this game all throughout the course of the show. But we left off discussing Super Bowl MVP. And I wanted to get more thoughts from you here, Pritch, because Mm -hmm. you tend to like the over in this game. We just had Arash Markazi, host of the Arash Markazi show on ESPN Radio. And he thinks that this game 28-20 was the score that he predicted for the Rams. So that would be the Rams and the under total sitting at 48.5. But depending on how you think this game is going to go, there could be some valuable bets to make on this MVP market here. Anything that jumps out to you? I know you like the over in this game. So does that mean you lean towards the quarterbacks or maybe one of the skill guys? Well, uh, probably a skill guy. Uh, certainly looking at the over situation. So Cooper Cup, uh, he's what, plus 600 right there. Yep. Uh, and, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Jamar Chase, not so much. Joe Mixon, 25 to 1. Uh, depending on the red zone situations, too, for the Bengals and what happens there. Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, Cam Akers. These are names that are deeper on the board that you kind of want to take a shot on. Uh, But the guy, obviously, everybody's looking at taking a shot on. I mean, you've you've highlighted already Aaron Donald, right? Uh, He's down to 12 to 1 at some places. Um, He was very high, uh, I think, when we started the show last week, uh, uh, betting across America during the week in terms of you know, Super Bowl MVP and the odds. and But then the story kind of grows, and uh, the guy can wreck an offensive line. He can wreck the line of scrimmage. and Wreck the whole game. He can wreck a game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that said, it's like, how much is it going to take for him to win Super Bowl MVP? Like, Von Miller is a previous Super Bowl MVP, but he's not that high on the board here. He's 50-1. to 1. Uh, But he could have two sacks in this game. Yeah. You know, is that going to be enough? Or he could have a tackle for a loss. He could... Take a, get a pick at the line of scrimmage. We saw that last week by a, a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, this type of game, it feels like all that stuff can happen because we, we have the lower seeds and we have two teams that, that are not elite. Uh, and so m- from a mistake standpoint, offensively, I mean, everything's on the table to me. We had Jonah Javad of WFAA in Dallas earlier on in the show and he's a Bengals guy, loves the Bengals, and has been following this team all throughout the city. He's a big fan of them. And he brought up the fact that Cincinnati's red zone defense has been really good. And that almost leads to an under 
because we know what the Cincinnati Bengals red zone offense has done. It hasn't been great in the postseason. I mean, we saw them kicking field goals against the Tennessee Titans. They struggled in the red zone as well against the Las Vegas Raiders at times. Mm -hmm. If this ends up being a lower scoring game because teams are kicking field goals, maybe not as many flashy touchdown plays. Would you do you think one of these running backs might be live to win Super Bowl MVP? I'm looking at Cam Akers 30 to 1, Joe Mixon plus 3500, so 35 to 1 there. Right. Maybe a shot on one of these running backs if they're the ones that score the touchdown and maybe Burrow and Stafford have more of the kind of efficient games, one TD pass, 250, 260 yards passing, not anything that lights the world on fire. And maybe one of these running backs eclipses the century mark and has a touchdown. That could be in line for a game to where they can get maybe Super Bowl MVP. I mean, it's possible. I'm trying to remember um, the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP. Was it Terrell Davis? I mean, it's – I think there was somebody uh, that's been more recent, okay. but it's he's the one that jumps to mind yeah. immediately, though. But you think about Terrell Davis's uh, performance in the Super Bowl, uh, 157 yards and three touchdowns. Like, uh, yeah. can somebody get there in this game at the running back position? Uh, as we take a look at the board, here we go. Yeah, and there's um, no running back. There's no running back. Board. I think it was Terrell Davis. I want to say yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was Terrell Davis. I'm looking at my, a list right now, history of Super Bowl MVPs. Terrell Davis, Super Bowl 32, yeah. when the Broncos beat the Green Bay Packers. So can we see something like that again? I was at that game. That's why it stood out to me because I was at yeah. that Super Bowl. Um, and Terrell, even with the migraines, you know, the influence of him in that game. But – um, that was a helicopter game from Elway, and yet Terrell Davis still won it because yeah. he got three touchdowns. But, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating. I mean, quarterbacks, these two quarterbacks, they don't have to do something significant other than be a quarterback, and it could probably win MVP. But if Aaron Donald is wrecking the line of scrimmage, then he's the best player in football. There's going to be a lot of vote, certainly because the momentum is going to be there for him at Super Bowl MVP. And then Cooper Cup as a triple crown winner, if he has a well of a game and he has a lot of public support behind him, right. the narrative of offensive player of the year, mm-hmm. I, I think he then definitely he could is live. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think there's other options on the board that are intriguing outside. I mean, certainly the quarterback. So we always got to factor that in. But I, I think the board, like, like Arash, we were talking about, it could be wide open. History of Super Bowl MVP by position. Quarterbacks have won it 31 times. (laughs) So that's a majority of the time it's going to a quarterback. But the next two are running back and wide receiver, Mm -hmm. both with seven. But running back we haven't seen since 1998 with Terrell Davis over the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Donald, you brought him up, and we've all brought him up because he's the best player in football. A defensive tackle has only won this award one time. Okay. So there's almost like Aaron Donald has to absolutely wreck this game uh, beyond imagine, like three sacks, two forced fumbles maybe, which is possible because he's Aaron Donald, but it's a very specific game that has to play out, in my opinion, for him to win the award. And the Bengals also have to be asleep at the wheel and just letting him go one-on-one with that right guard. I feel well, like. they're not going to let him go one-on-one with that right guard. Yes. <laughs> but they do move Aaron Donald around the line of scrimmage. He could yeah. be out defensive end or you know one-on-one with a tackle that way. But uh, the thing about Aaron Donald, I was just looking it up too. I mean, Von Miller, who won MVP Super Bowl 50, six tackles, two and a half sacks. So there you go, two and a half mm-hmm. sacks, three, three sacks. That That's you kind of the benchmark. There. Yeah, and then one uh, pass defended, and then he also had, I think he caused a fumble. Yeah, he caused a fumble that ended up leading to this. It was a yeah. defensive touchdown. I think right. Malik Jackson might have recovered right. it. And then they, he wrecked, like you said, he wrecked it. So can Aaron Donald do something similar to what Vaughn did in Super Bowl 50? And I mean, that, that would be the bet. 
Yeah, that's the that's the game plan for it. if you think this is going to be a lower scoring game and if you think that Donald's going to be moved around in such a way to where the Bengals can't scheme things around him and kind of make him a non-factor into this game, then yeah, I think you should take a shot on Aaron Donald. I'm not sure that's the case. I think the Bengals, I'm going to try to give them a little bit of credit. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to give them a little bit of credit and think that they're going to try to take him out of this game, get the ball out hot. I don't know right. if Donald's going to get the opportunities to make the splash plays, in my opinion, or at least I don't think it's a likely scenario that it happens. But, of course, as I say that, he's probably going to have four sacks <laughs> in this game. They held their own <laughs> against Chris Jones, uh, but the running game uh, kept the d- Chiefs' defense honest anyway. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. There's other news and notes that we've seen around mm-hmm. the NFL throughout this week, kind of the, the dead week period there after the conference championship games leading up to today as we officially kick off Super Bowl week here. But one of the bigger stories I've ever seen in NFL history came out of Miami there with Brian Flores after he was fired by the Dolphins, a surprise firing. And I think we're starting to hear as to why he was fired there out of Miami there after having another winning season with his Dolphins team. But Brian Flores suing the NFL for its hiring practices amongst minority head coaches here. We've seen so far, I believe, six head coaching vacancies be filled, none of them by minority candidates thus far in the NFL. The only black head coach in the league is Mike Tomlin. We have other minority head coaches, Ron Rivera, Robert Sala as well, but Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach in the league that has 70% black players Mm -hmm. in its league here. As a player, because you've been in those locker rooms here, what do you think the discussion is like when you see stories like this or when you see things like minority head coaches maybe not getting the most opportunities for our NFL head coaching positions? Like, what's the discussion like right now amongst those players who are probably hanging out here in Las Vegas at the Pro Bowl? Well, it's it's an ongoing discussion for me, to be honest with you. It's a discussion that even when I was playing, I mean, we're talking about three decades ago, uh, that, that was certainly in place. You know, it's fascinating because – uh, the diversity on the field, mm-hmm. like whether uh, players or, or even quarterbacks. I, I played with Warren Moon, uh, and, you know, I certainly I had to ask him questions about what was it like, you know, to break into the league, and you had to go to Canada. Yes, CFL. Right? I mean, um, you know, Randall Cunningham, a guy who lives out here um, who I worked out with, uh, you know, it was just stigmas out there at that time. Doug Williams, even, in the 80s, uh, went in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But – the stigma of the quarterback position carries over now to the front office. You know, the thing about Brian Flores is he was in the front office. He was a scout. You know, was he ever going to become a GM? No, but I could probably become a head coach in somewhere in the league. And so he, he sought out that path. He becomes a head coach and wins games, and yet he's fired because of whatever reason, right? And I, I think that's most of the reason why he filed the lawsuit was – even if you get through the door and you're hired, can you stay hired? Yeah. Steve Wilkes had one year, and they fired him because they wanted to hire Kingsbury and draft Kyler Murray. Um, you know, Vance Joseph got two years in, in Denver, and Vic Fangio got three, right, and still couldn't be better than Vance Joseph. So uh, I think it's the staying power or the support within that diversity realm and then also the support as a head coach like mm-hmm. uh, Cully. I was I mean, about to mention him. I know, yeah. right? I mean, you can go on and on and on in which, you know, the, the time of Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy, it feels like it's so long ago. But those were special, unique situations too. And Mike Tomlin's a special one because he's with the Steelers and he's been highly successful. But it's these coaches that 
go on a coaching convention. They put themselves in front of executives and they get known, they get trusted, and then all of a sudden they don't get an opportunity either. So uh, it's, there's a lot of layers to it, Femi, but what Coach Flores has done uh, and, and what he potentially has sacrificed, uh, he's earned a ton, not a lot, but a ton of respect from a lot of people involved in the National Football League. Yeah, one of the guys that was your former teammate at Colorado, Eric Bieniemy. we got a short amount of time here, but was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's interviewing for the Saints. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been a guy that hasn't been able to find the job after being the hot candidate for three years. Now. Right, I'm hoping this has enough momentum that he'll get that job down there. Uh, Mickey Loomis, uh, who was my one of the executives when, and when I was in uh, Seattle, uh, you know, he, he's all about diversity for sure. But uh, I, I hope uh, there's enough momentum, and I hope uh, it goes well for Eric down there in New Orleans. Yeah, we'll see how the head coaching carousel concludes here with three jobs so far that are left in the carousel. Six have been filled, none by minority head coaches in the NFL. On the other side, our guys over at Circa Resort and Casino, the owner, Derek Stevens, and the VP of Operations, Mike Palm, join the show. Talk a little Super Bowl 56. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all 
of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here. One week away from Super Bowl 56. And to help us get ready for that game, we bring in Mike Palm, the Circa Resort and Casino VP of Operations and co-host of Odds On, which you can watch here weekdays with Amal Shah. Um, Mike, I mean, it's just Super Bowl week. Welcome to the week. We're seven days away from the game. What are you guys seeing in terms of the prop bets in comparison to the sides and the total with the Rams being four and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half? Well, good morning, Femi. Good morning, Pritch. I said this on Lombardi line yesterday. I think... There will be more volume this year bet on the props than there will be on the side and the total combined. Um, usually usually you see that leading up to in the past few years up to the day of Sunday of the Super Bowl. The props are outweighing it. But then on, on that day, you get all the bets on the side and the total, and it, it, it outweighs the volume on the prop. I don't know this year. I just don't feel there's a lot of interest in this game from a perspective of, of the Rams and the Bengals here, um, maybe the game gets to five. I don't know. I think we're pretty set at four and a half. But there's not a lot of great feeling about it. Look, I mean, there's not a tremendous fan base with the Bengals, and then the Rams are playing at home. So why would you come to Las Vegas to party? The whole city of L.A. is going to be a party uh, next weekend. But the prop menu, and, it, you know, we're proud of what we put out. But, I mean, every book just keeps getting more creative every year, and people find it much more interesting to try to bet beat these props and and find uh, and find something that interests them. And then, you know, as far as the professional betters go, this is probably the greatest week of opportunity where they have arbitrage positions where they can get plus on both sides of a yes, no, or find a huge range of yards in a, you know, how many rushing yards get, you know, get a 15-yard middle or passing yards, receiving yards, stuff like that. So, I mean, there's so many betting opportunities with the Super Bowl, and I think these props are going to be where it's at. You know, we have this first touchdown score, a very expansive list here at Circa. We list everybody, the linemen, the punters, everybody. <laughs> we took, we're taking bets on this Buddy Howell, this this running back from Florida Atlantic, like the fourth running back for the Rams. We opened him up at 2001. We've taken several bets on him. I mean, we're, we're sweating no Buddy Howell already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, never they, even heard of the guy. <laughs> right? Like, who is this guy? Um, but, you know, Mike, it is interesting. And, and it's also that that value, I think, when it comes to betting this game, because there's so much information out right now about the Super Bowl, right? There's so there's podcasts, there's there's literature, everything, and uh, I'm 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 attacking the Super Bowl from an end game perspective because I I can't really get to a consensus right now pregame preflop. So, uh, are you anticipating or, or people that you know or are they talking about their opportunities that they could see uh, end game and in particular what are they looking for? Yeah, I mean. We've seen a, a big uptick in the playoffs in our in-game wagering. I mean, that the Packers game against the 49ers, there was almost as much bet in-game uh, on that game as there was pre-flop. And, and you, you know, the it was good for us because the people just refused to believe the Packers were ever going to lose that game. They kept betting the Packers. They kept betting the Chiefs in-game in the AFC Championship game. 
you tend to see it more when the underdog, it looks like an opportunity for the underdog to win a game and people want to come back on a cheaper price on the favorite here, right? So I mean, you might see if Cincinnati should get out to a lead here. That's when people take an opportunity, you know, to attack the Rams at maybe a plus price or, or under the three with an end game number or a total based on what you see, how, how the game's developing. What's the game plan for McVay? Is he going to try to continue to be aggressive throwing the ball or is he going to try to establish the run? We know that Cincinnati wants to run the ball on first down. They have to. They, they want to play complimentary football. They don't need their defense out there the whole time. So they're going to continue, you know, to run Mixon on first down a lot. So you get a, uh, an idea of the pacing of the game as well. And let's be honest, can the Rams front four get to Burrow, which is probably the key question of the game. You mentioned in-game, and we're speaking with Mike Palm, the VP of operations over at the Circa Resort and Casino, also the co-host of Odds On Here weekdays at VEASAN with Amal Shaw. Mike, will you be able to bet on any props in-game, or is that just going to be side and total? You know, that's going to be side and total and money line here in Nevada. You know, other jurisdictions uh, on the East Coast and other places have in-game on these on the props, right? They do it. They do it on a weekly basis, not just on the Super Bowl, but they have running totals on, you know, Cam Akers yards up and down as the game goes on and, and keep those running into the fourth quarter. So for people that are listening to us, not in Nevada, there will be opportunities for you as well. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking forward to it actually, Mike, uh, in terms of just going through every prop sheet I can get a hold of after the show today. And that's the rest <laughs> of my Sunday as I watch the uh, Pro Bowl on top of that. But uh, do you, do you wait this Super Bowl at all in terms of not wait, but do you factor in uh, the NFC conference and what that was this year? And okay, you take a look at the AFC conference and what that was because we this is a unique Super Bowl in terms of the two four seeds uh, from both conferences uh, in this matchup. Yeah, it, it it is interesting. It wasn't chalkish as as we might have thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year or even the beginning of the playoffs. I. I you know, I, I give a lot of respect to Cincinnati for what they've done, and they haven't beaten themselves. You know, they've, they've, they've played it close to the best. Burrow doesn't really turn the ball over a lot. He gets sacked, but he doesn't fumble. And McPherson's a terrific kicker. And, you know, they've benefited from mistakes by the other teams to get there. But, boy, this Rams team, you know, you look at the, if you say the toughest division in football, the NFC West was a tougher division than the AFC North. The AFC North wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be going in. Cleveland wasn't as good. The The Ravens had their own struggles here. Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know. You know, I don't know how Mike Tomlin never has a losing record, but when you look at the talent on that team, it, you know, it hasn't been what it was in recent years. And obviously Ben was declining. I look at what the, and what the Rams did within that division and then all going on the road and beating, you know, their defending Super Bowl champion in Tampa Bay. I just think, the body of work in the Rams is better. And I mean, this is why they got Matt Stafford and in the playoffs, Matt Stafford's played to the level they expected he would to take them to the Super Bowl. I mean, they went all in right now. They don't, they don't have a draft pick for another decade. So, I mean, this is their time and they've been put up in a perfect situation. They get a Super Bowl at home and now they just have to finish. You know, Mike, outside of Rams running back, Buddy Howell, who will you be betting on to win <laughs> Super Bowl MVP? I, I won't be betting on Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I don't think this is a year where you can just say quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they will say, well, bet Stafford. You don't have to lay $2 if you like the Rams. But here the Rams, you know, I, I fear because I think if Cup has a, a, a huge game, he could win it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you you got Von Miller and Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the ball. That if this Rams defense wreaks havoc and creates these turnovers and maybe scores on their own, where those two guys could be involved. So I don't think this is a year like I thought last year. Brady Mahomes, it's pretty obvious, right? One of them is going to win the storylines and all that. This is a year where you could see a non-quarterback. I'll tell you what I do like. McVay has been very keen on running Stafford on these sneaks, right? On short yardage, especially yep. in the playoffs. I like Matt Stafford anytime touchdown at eight to one. That's that's the prop I've bet so far. Oh, I like that one too. I mean, and and th- those are the type of props where you can kind of sprinkle whatever you want on 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 several uh, situations. Uh, in regards to just straight props, uh, right now Tyler Boyd, uh, that's a pro- popular one right now. I, I think I I believe a lot of people are talking about Boyd uh, and the fact that he could perhaps go over uh, that prop. I I will not bet Cooper Cup under receiving yards though, Mike. <laughs> uh, I mean, are you seeing anybody even entertain that thought? No, I mean, it's hard to put a receiver over 100 yards, but we're not taking the under bets, right? They're they're just going over. I mean, the guy got 60 yards in the last two plays of the game in Tampa Bay when you know he's the guy you need to stop. So uh, he's certainly a popular choice uh, in terms of receptions, in terms of yards. Will he have a touchdown? You know, you can find all these big plus price props too. Will he have two two or more touchdowns? You can combine them. Our, our, Our cup. Are Cup uh, and Chase both going to go over 100? Are they both going to go over 100 and both score a touchdown? I mean, there's so many ways that you can attack this based on what's your philosophy and how the game's going to play out. I mean, that's what's the fun part of the Super Bowl. Mike Palm, we got one one more question to ask you here about 30 seconds. What is the Pro Bowl handle looking like today? Oh, who cares? Nobody cares. I mean, let's, let's <laughs> quit lying. You're I going just, to the I game. Just, I don't want to hear it. Look at, no, I just looked. I just went over there. I said, how many reservations do we have in the book? They said, what the little boy shot at? None. Zero. I mean, we need, we need like, a, I guess we need the NFC for a ham sandwich. I mean, they, they bet the AFC and the over a little bit, but I mean, there'll be, there'll, there'll be more, there's more handle on the uh, Ohio state Maryland game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there wow. we go. How can you bet against Patrick Mahomes and the AFC? He is Mike Palm, the VP of operations at circuit resort and casino. Mike, we appreciate you joining us as always. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. <laughs> All right. Will do. Uh, we're going to discuss a little Pro Bowl actual angle because the Pritch might have found his way. Some some inside info on what might happen in 30 minutes. That game kicking off over at Allegiant Stadium. On the other side, though, news out of the association as it pertains to James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets. We'll discuss it here. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Join our own Stormy Bonatoni on Friday at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event here at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Maiulo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday, 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books and learn from these bookmaking experts. 
It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard as we break things down from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Seven days to kick off Super Bowl 56. But, Pritch, we've got some news and notes from the NBA. We had Alex Schiffer on earlier, the Brooklyn Nets beat writer for The Athletic. Well, Alex just tweeted out at the top of this hour that, quote, asked if Nets are trading James Harden. Steve Nash says, in one word, no. Mm. So Steve Nash, and he could be playing coy. Okay. You know, he's never going to say yes, and then that's going to drive right. down the value because right. everybody knows they want to ship him. But interesting nugget there nonetheless there, Pritch. You know, I find it fascinating that he would do that. One, because uh, I believe, is it ESPN is going to have a trade deadline Trade deadline show? special, like three like, hours, I believe. Like, how are they going to fill three hours if nothing happens? <laughs> that's, that's a very good <laughs> I question. Mean, I might watch just to find out that right, answer. Right, right. I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, who has a trade deadline special, by the way, if nothing's going to happen? So, I, I don't know. I mean, he could be playing coy right there, but... I would not expect one partner from the NBA to have yeah. a trade deadline special and nothing significant happen. Yeah, I, I think it's mainly playing coy. I mean, he could have done the non-answer of, like, I'm just focused on today's game right. against the Nuggets or whatever. But mm -hmm. the fact that he did say no is interesting and not just brush off the question, though. But I think it's playing coy. I still think Harden gets traded. Alex, he was on our show earlier uh, this morning. He says he believes Harden's going to get traded yeah. as well. It seems like that situation is not necessarily toxic, but it's just – it's almost <laughs> – I guess it is toxic because I'm about to say it's irreparable. <laughs> so it's like – it's a situation that like both sides want to move on or maybe Brooke, or Harden wants to move on more than Brooklyn does but if he's unwilling to sign a long-term contract you got to move him now right because if you're Harden I mean are you going to win a championship with Brooklyn uh, when you know Kyrie isn't going to be fully in he seems fed up by he that. does seem fed up absolutely I mean he's even commented to the fact that once we maybe can kind of convince Kyrie yeah he said that and it was like oh, that's not happening so uh yeah you're gonna have to go the rest of the way and certainly KD's banged up right now but he'll be back and and okay what's going to happen in your in the playoff situation but if there's a trade out there and if he if he is interested talking about Harden going to Philly and playing with Embiid and think mm -hmm. okay I have a legitimate chance of uh reaching the finals this way uh, maybe he'll put some more push in there to, hey, let's get this done. And I think Philly, too, is motivated to trade for him as well. Mm -hmm. Daryl Morey, the GM, yep. was a GM in Houston right. when James Harden was there for the Rockets, won an MVP for Houston at that time. Also, Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for the Sixers. So they're, they're motivated to get him out of there. find a lot of money not to play for the Sixers he, right now. He is. That's, that's Talk about want to. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to do man. any of that. The fact that you're going to turn down those millions of dollars. Uh, if Ben Simmons is anything, he's a man of principle mm -hmm. because he is, yes. not, he is not budging with the money being on the table what it is. But NBA trade deadline, social media is going to be where it is. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharania, those guys are going to be all over Twitter, where you should also be all over Twitter as well, because that's where you can find our Twitter poll. How about that transition there, I like Pritch? it. I like it. <laughs> Super Bowl 56 <laughs> MVP. We put up this question on our Twitter account, at VSIN Live, to hear from you guys about who you would bet on to be the MVP next Sunday in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is the favorite. Joe Burrow, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase were the options. Options. Here's what you had to say. I haven't seen any of these results, but the people have spoken and they are going with QB1 of the LA Rams. 
Look at that. Or rather, oh, no, sorry. I, had, I have uh, <laughs> outdated information here. No, sorry. I read it wrong here. They're going with QB1 of the Cincinnati Bengals, mm. I should say. What a horrific setup that was. Joe Burrow, plus 225, received 40% of the vote. The next vote-getter, though, it wasn't Stafford. It wasn't QB1 of the LA Rams. It was wide receiver one with Cooper Cup at 32.1% there, Pritch. So what do you think about those results from the people, the viewers, watchers, listeners? Of Vison. I'm feeling good about the over because, I mean, do we have a game in which the Rams are not scoring and Joe Burrow can perhaps win the MVP? That means the Bengals are going to win the game. I mean, 40% right there. That's significant. Plus 225. Maybe that was an attractive price. But, uh, no, I, I love the fact that uh, Burrow right there leads the way uh, because I think for the Bengals to win, uh, they're going to have to have elevation in points. And I'm talking about an excess, uh, hopefully 24 points or more uh, in the situation with the Bengals. We have viewer responses. Not only did they vote on the poll, but mm -hmm. they also responded. And thank you to everybody that participated in this poll at VEASAN Live. It goes up every Saturday morning. If you're not doing it, you're not hip to what's being awesome. And here's what some people wrote in in terms of the comments for this poll. Rob Jordan said Cooper Cup doesn't get injured before the last Rams Super Bowl back in 2018. They would have won instead of another receiver who plays a lot in the slot. Light Cup won the MVP with the help of... PEDs, apparently. Uh, his time has come. He's referencing Julian Edelman there. I'm not sure about that allegation that he just tossed out there. Uh, probably should have read that before I read it out loud. But he, the response there from Jared Mayo says, Aaron Donald, who I assume will have four and a half sacks. <laughs> if you assume that, you better bet Aaron Donald right. who's 12-1 over at BetMGM. How about this one, though, from Mike? It says, Evan McPherson, the Bengals kicker. If he stays clutch and pulls off a low-scoring game, perfect three for three or four for four, maybe shooter McPherson is the MVP, as they call him out there in Cincinnati. Can you – I mean – I already see the look on your face. Like, are we going to give it to a kicker? I'm about to say that. I'm like, wait, hold up now. Because Vinatieri, uh, how many kicks did he nail? And, two, two of them, game yeah, winners. game winners. And never he won it. He never won it. So, I mean, I'm – I like, what does a kicker have to do to get Super Bowl MVP? It's a game that's not watchable, I can tell you that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, hey, I mean, yeah, well, I wouldn't bet it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uncensored? Uh, that's a censored version of what Prince is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rating for the uncensored version after the show for the Evan McPherson bet. But thank you to all those who have chimed in on Super Bowl MVP. Pritch does not believe that will happen. That will not be in his playbook. But let's get to your playbook, Pritch. Here are some early looks, some early plays for Super Bowl 56 from you. You like what? Yeah, you know what? I've already bet it uh, to 48 and a half. It was 48 uh, earlier in the week, and, and I didn't pounce then. I should have. But 48 and a half, I, I feel okay because a lot of uh, experts that, you know, you talk to, you do shows with, and uh, they, the handle's going to change and, and everything's going to change next week as we get to Super Bowl week, and maybe there's a chance to get inside uh, or uh, take advantage of the fact that this total got bet down and, and people are going to bet it over. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that. Uh, and then also Tyler Boyd, depending on where you shop, uh, we saw Betham Jim last week, 39 and a half receiving yards. Uh, one book where I got this, 38 and a half receiving yards. So it varies. Uh, I think uh, Betham Jim is even higher than that now. But um, no, it, I took a shot at Tyler Boyd because I – there's no game plan to stop the third wide receiver. Yeah. Like, there's a game plan perhaps to slow down Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup and T. Higgins maybe, maybe even have a game plan to do something for him. Uh, but then also certainly uh, game planning for um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. But when you think about Boyd uh, as a third receiver for the Bengals or even Jefferson, a third receiver for the Rams, 
you could game plan for him as a deep threat. But for Boyd, because he does so much, what are you going to do with that as a defense? And so what are the Rams and what are they going to adjust to? There could be an opportunity with the injury to Uzoma, Uzama. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at Boyd perhaps having a decent day. That's all I need. Femi, a decent day from Tyler Boyd over 38 and a half receiving yards. Just need 39. That's it. That's all, that's all you need. That's, that's not going to be on any headlines or anything right. like that. He's not going to make the first three paragraphs of the game right up afterwards. So you just need 39 receiving yards. I really like that play. And I, I'm probably, I'm probably going to tell you on that at mm-hmm. some point this week here, because it makes all the sense in the world there with Uzama. If he even plays, he's probably going to be 65, 70% right. there. Didn't practice at all this week. He was carted off the field in the AFC title game. So that goes to show where he was at at the time of the injury this time last week. So I really love that Tyler Boyd play there. Um, Here are my three plays. Just three little nugget props here. We'll have more added to the stack later on because the buffet is wide open. (laughs) This is the buffet of buffets here at the Super Bowl. (laughs) Not only side in total, but we got all these props, all these offerings. The first one I like though is pretty straightforward. Jamar Chase over five and a half receptions. Uh, You can get at minus 130 depending on where you shop, though. But to me, it's just... It's, it's a simple game plan for the Bengals of getting the ball out quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to kind of bode towards Chase getting a lot of targets, getting some easy gimme catches there. Jonah Javad brought it up as well. He thinks that it's going to be a lot of completions, a lot of kind of short passes because they don't want to test and play with fire with that Rams pass rush there. So I like Bo- uh, Chase rather over five and a half receptions. Cam Akers, anytime TD score plus 120, anything plus money in my opinion is a bet in this game for Cam Akers because that run game for the Rams is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Bengals run defense. I'm not a believer in it. So I like acres to score plus 120. And then the final one, Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. I wouldn't be shocked if we even saw a little bit of read option just to keep that Rams front off balance there. And if anything, bro, he scrambles. He's really good in the pocket, steps up, takes the yards that the defense gives him over 11 and a half rushing yards for me for Joe Burrow. On the other side, we wrap things up here. Final segment, Betting Across America, coming to you, presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. All the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older. Older to wager, new customer offer. All promotional promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is Betting Across America, final segment presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here as we are one week away from the Super Bowl. Pritch, this time next week, oh, it's for real. <laughs> it's on. We're huh? playing for keeps <laughs> this time next week here, Pritch. And to help us get ready for that, Pritch, I wanted to ask you a couple big picture mm-hmm. questions here as we are one week away from the game. Rams four and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half, both sides of the coin. What will this game look like if the Rams win the ball game? It's a great question. I mean, I'm going to go back to what Super Bowl winning coaches that I've had experience with uh, always told us, you know, the red zone Scoring efficiency has to be there. The third down efficiency has to be there. And then uh, also, if you think about the turnover differential, that has to be in your favor. So for the Rams, uh, the Rams are built to throw the football, play action. They have to establish the running game. Uh, we know that we're going to help out uh, Stafford with uh, maximum protection because you can, in, in essence, maximum protect with a play action pass. Uh, and you're hoping to invite linebackers and safeties to go after that play fake, and therefore you could have one-on-one matchups for your receivers. Uh, so, I mean, I think the Rams need to get to that, uh, certainly to help out the situation with Cooper Cup, the underneath stuff, but then also uh, just to give the Bengals something to think about back there, right? Because they have been turning you over. Um, and, and so for the Rams to be successful, certainly uh, I'm looking for some big, big play-action plays. Uh, off the fact that the running game has been established early on. Conversely, what do you think this is going to look like if Cincinnati pulls off the upset? Well, so this is interesting because I think the Bengals have other ways of winning. They can ground and pound. Uh, and, and, you know, that I, I wonder uh, if they would do that, though. Even though Zach Taylor is disciplined as a play caller, like could we see a volume of running plays? Uh, in this one, knowing that, okay, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, my offensive line, uh, but yet I feel like we can run against the Rams because they are a lighter box unit. Like, they're not, a, they're not a heavy unit, but then you watch what the Rams have done. They've been more physical. So that could intimidate you a little bit. Uh, the quicker throws to the wide receivers. I, I think you have to hit big plays that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, can Burrell stand in the pocket on a five-step drop and a hitch? 
you know, and still deliver the ball vertically down the field. That's something I don't know if that's going to be in the playbook too often, maybe a couple times. But uh, certainly if you're trying to get down the field vertically with the passing game, you got to use play action uh, if you're the Bengals. But that's establishing the running game that way too. Uh, but then also the quicker screens to the wide receivers and running backs. Uh, the Bengals need to get into that. They, they have to have a volume of those type of plays in order to beat the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl. You almost wonder if Joe Mixon is a guy that has the big game. If it's the ground and pound game mm-hmm. that you're talking about, Jonah Javad, who we had on earlier in the show, said that he thinks Mixon has to be the guy who steps up in addition to Burrow and Chase for Cincinnati to pull off this upset. So maybe Mixon overs, Mixon MVP bets, or Mixon anytime touchdown. Sure. First TD scores. P. Ryan as well, though. I mean, we saw yeah. P. Ryan score on the screen. Uh, and, and, you know, for a thicker guy, he can scoot. You know, he was moving on that play. <laughs> he was, and uh, and, and that, I think that was a key breaker too for the Chiefs. And, and I don't know how many key breakers we're gonna find in this game because both teams are similar, mm-hmm. right? And and even even with personnel and what they want to do, three wide receivers, uh, whatever the personnel, zebra, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, so I, I think from that in that regard, th- that's why I think this game's going over because it's matchups, right? And both teams feel really confident about who our players and playmakers are on the field, and they got to stop us now. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated to see what your strategy is going to be like now that we're officially here at Super Bowl week because early on, a lot of the people who have been betting into these props tend to be sharper players that want to get these numbers early or mm-hmm. people who bet on the side or total. That happened last Sunday right, right after the conference championship games. Now I think we're going to introduce the public recreational bettors into the market this week. So what is going to be your strategy in terms of betting these props or maybe even betting the totals or the sides in these games? Well, my strategy, Femi, is after the show today uh, is just uh, make sure I have a nice meal, (laughs) watch the Pro Bowl, and then just go over every prop I can find. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be the the bulk of my afternoon because there's a lot of props out there. Uh, And I, I really believe the middle of the field is where the prime real estate is between the 20s. Outside of the 20s, okay, who's the playmakers there? Jamar Chase, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. from a reception standpoint. So can you see a volume of receptions? You highlighted Jamar Chase, probably going to go over five and a half. Odell Beckham Jr., probably going to go over his reception prop because of getting the ball out quickly uh, and not being prone to turnovers when you have one-on-ones. And quarterbacks want to avoid uh, those situations too. But I, I I like the mix of running backs, coming out of the backfield and being receivers that way. So you got combined rushing and receiving props in that situation. Uh, I'm looking at those defensively. I mean, you can look at tackles. You know, that that could be an interesting props too if you want to do that. But uh, I'm staying away from those higher number props, though. I'm staying away from the Cooper Cup, even though I like the over. Uh, Still staying away from that one. Mm -hmm. Size and totals, I'm an in-game guy, I think, in this Super Bowl. Uh, I do lean – uh, with the total, obviously I bet it, uh, the going over. Uh, and, and so when you think about 48 and a half points, I, I expect more points than that. And, but then the side, I, I can't lay four and a half right now with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, and so lean uh, towards the Bengals, perhaps uh, pre-flop. But again, I'm, I'm an in-game guy, I think, all the way with this game. I think the tip that I would give to bettors who may be betting props for the first time in the Super Bowl when there's so many options, it can be overwhelming, is almost that right. your props don't necessarily have to tell the story of the game. And I almost think that you don't want it to happen because let's say you say, all right, I think the Rams are going to win and it's going to be low scoring. So I'm betting 
all the Bengals unders. Mm-hmm. I'm betting all these things to like match up with what I think happens in the game. Well, what if it doesn't turn out that way? You can really lose quite a bit of money if the game goes sideways and goes towards maybe a high-scoring Bengals victory, mm-hmm. per se. So it's almost like you want to kind of focus in on props to where you think that can survive the game state regardless what happens. Like, I think if the Bengals blow them out or if the Bengals lose by a lot or if it's a close game, I think Jamar Chase is going to have six or more catches. Right. Like, regardless what happens in the game, almost kind of isolated from that standpoint, I think is a good way to think about these props versus being starting from the top-down approach of, like, it's going to be a Cincinnati Bengals victory. Here's how it happens because it could very easily be a very LA Rams victory. Sure. And then all of a sudden you're looking at the end of the day of like, wow, I lost every single prop, but one right, or something right. like that, you know, almost like you want to kind of make it game state proof in terms of the props that you're actually betting. That's a great way of looking at it. I mean, you, you can look at stats too. And I think a lot of people are going to do that. For instance, I'll throw this out there. Um, the lowest amount of third down situations, both of these, these two teams are in the top five. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a high variance, right? Uh, you're talking about 12 and a half third downs that they averaged during the course of the season. Now, the Rams, the last game skewed it. They were in 18 third down situations. They made 11 of them, though. That's 61% conversion on third down for the Rams. And, and, it, and it allowed them to get back into the game and, and from a deficit, right? Yep. You think about the Bengals and overcoming deficits. Uh, the volume of third downs or third down conversions to allow you to move the ball uh, to score points. Uh, so highlighting that and, okay, how are these teams doing that? You can watch games and, and figure out how, how the third down situations are for both teams. Uh, and, therefore, I think there's some insight right there for some props as well. Real quick here, Pritch, we got about – 45 seconds left. Okay. The Pro Bowl's kicking yes. off here in five minutes. <laughs> AFC two-point favorites at most places, one and a half. The consensus line total 64 and a half. But you have might have seen some folks out on the town this week here, Pritch. Some of these Pro Bowlers living in Las Vegas large. Well, it, yeah, because I was living large this week. So <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, no, I, I, it's a Pro Bowl. You know, your health is everything mm-hmm. you got incentives. There's some bonuses and stuff like that. But uh, I think these players are going to take care of each other. Kind of like we, we always see in, in all-star matchups like, like, like that. So um, are you expecting fireworks? I mean, I, I, I'd be surprised if somebody gets tackled uh, in this <laughs> game. Uh, we, I'm sure something like that's going to happen, but you have a number of younger players in this pro bowl though. Yeah. Uh, and guys that have been invited because other players have opted out. Uh, they might be a little motivated today. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe live bet the Pro Bowl. We've seen the market <laughs> actually steam the over. Open 61 and a half, now mm-hmm. 64 and a half. And I'm seeing some places have 65s here right. at the South Point over at other sports books across town here. So interesting Are, betting market. Is anybody movement. taped up? Do you see any tape? Ah, not that I see. <laughs> not sure these guys are ready to play. But we are ready to play next week. This time, it will be Super Bowl Sunday. So thank you to you guys for all viewing in. For Mike Pritchard, I'm Femi Bebefe. Thank you to all of our guests. We had four fantastic guests on the show today. Hopefully you guys were able to cast some tickets. Good luck with the props all throughout the week, and we'll talk to you guys BAA next week here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.